0: Welcome to 24-Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. All right, Allie, are you ready for this once every four years episode? (gasps) Is it eclipse? It's not. What else happens every four years? Uh... Not the Olympics, because we've already done a couple of those. Right. Uh, Not the election. Not the election. Uh, I don't know. Give me a hint. Hop, hop. Hop, hop. Hop, hop. Something with a bunny rabbit? I don't know. What? It's the leap year. Oh, my gosh. That's what I meant when I said eclipse. I meant leap year. (laughs) Those are not the same things. They are not. But I was thinking leap year. Well, then you were right. We just didn't know it. I just said the wrong words. That's a good way to start, though, because, you know, it's it's easy to forget. It happens once every four years. I, I do forget about it. And, oh, uh, poor Jerry. It's his birthday. Who's Jerry? Jerry Larry. Terry at some point. Gary on Parks Gary, Gary, I'm oh, Parks Gary yes. I went to Seinfeld, and I was like, I don't think that's right. But okay, no Parks and Rec wasn't his birthday on a leap year, so he only had a birthday actually every four years. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Gary, Larry, Jerry, whatever his name ended up being. Well, we are going to talk about leap year birthdays because there's a lot to learn about leap years. But I just, um, I'm not going to lie to you. This is a very Amy topic. Do you know how I came across this topic? No, but I'm sure it's a wonderful tale that we'll hear. Mostly that there's a rom com that's called Leap Year. And I watched it on the plane recently. (laughs) And then I thought, oh, well, that's fun. I'm going to talk about it. Who's in this rom-com? I've never even heard of this. Amy Adams. And she's a delight. Um, And some guy. I'm sure he's a really famous actor that I don't know. But Amy Adams is the girl. Oh, okay. The premise of the movie is her well-to-do boyfriend hasn't proposed to her yet. But on the leap year... In Irish tradition, I think is what the movie's based on, or Scottish tradition. Sorry to anyone who's wanna wanna correct me, but you you certainly can. You can propose as a woman on the leap year. Now let's just take a pause here and say you can propose as a woman whenever you darn well please. But right. for the basis of the movie, she was very traditional from her heart, and so she was like, "Oh, well, I'll propose to him on the leap year." He was going to a business trip in. Wherever, Ireland, Scotland, wherever, she tries to get to him, meets this other guy along the way, shenanigans ensue, so on and so forth. Turns out we don't really like the well-to-do guy. Spoiler alert. I should have said that earlier. I'm hoping that if you started listening to that description and you didn't want to know how that ended, you have skipped forward. But anyway, it's a great movie. This does sound familiar. I think I've at least heard of it, actually. It's so cute, and it's just an easy little watch, and I was on the plane, and I was like, yeah, that feels right right now, and it was great, but then I thought, let's talk about leap years, because I'm sure there's lots to learn, and I was right. Perfect. All right, let's get into it. So, what is a leap year? There's an extra day. Basically. Approximately every four years, February has 29 days instead of 28 days, so there are technically 366 days in the leap year. That is the leap year... But a leap day is just February 29th, which occurs every four years. Beautiful. Right. Great description. Episode. End of the episode. That's what we've learned. Thank you all so much for joining us. I hope you like my um, movie, my movie synopsis. Love it. Love it. So our next leap year is 2024. So next year, there will be Ooh. 29 days in February. It's very exciting. How fun. But in summation of how leap years came to be, and we're going to dig into this more in terms of all the calendar creation, all of that, but leap years, ha- leap years happen because the planets orbit around the sun and rotation on its axis are not perfectly aligned. So this is true of almost all of the planets in our solar system. So Mars, for example, has more leap years than regular leap years based on its axis and its rotation around the sun. Well, I mean, how dare they not spin perfect? Exactly. So between the tilt of the Earth and the way we orbit around the sun, when we're closer, the Earth moves more quickly. And when we're farther away, Earth moves more slowly. And so it doesn't keep the same time. And that causes the shift in the breakdown of days. Gotcha. Okay. So in technicality, the solar calendar is about 365.2422 days long which is why every four years they every 0.2422 gets added right so it's about 0.25 gets added to become an extra day and ultimately this all just shakes out as a way of making sure that the calendar doesn't shift because if you didn't address this eventually holidays and seasons would be all out of whack they'd just be all jumbled up Human-made calendars generally have 365 days. The solar calendar, meaning the orbit of the time it takes the Earth to go around the sun, is 365.2422 days. Over time, that adds up to that extra day. So in the 16th century is when we introduced the Gregorian calendar which is what's most commonly used today. And it started adding leap days to match the calendar with the seasons because over time, if they didn't address it, the seasons would become out of whack. February 29th is now added to most years that are divisible by four. So like our last one was 2020. We'll do 2024, 2028, 2032. Uh, okay. So That makes so it forth. easy to remember. Yeah. Yes. So previous to the Gregorian calendar, the... Sumerians, who lived about 5,000 years ago in what's now Iraq and Kuwait, divided the year into 12 months of 30 days each, which made their year 360 days, which was actually shorter than Earth's yearly journey around the sun. So they got out of whack a lot more quickly. Mm. Early Egyptians, before 3100 BC and other cultures from places like ancient China and Rome, used the lunar calendar. So they tracked the months by how long it took for the moon to orbit the Earth, but lunar months are only about 29.5 days, so lunar years are only 354 days. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Today, the Islamic calendar used in countries like Saudi Arabia and Syria still uses the lunar system, though a single leap day is sometimes added to keep the seasons at the same time each year. So we're not only talking... Orbit, we're also talking, like, weather patterns and stuff have to be accounted for. Because, like, you have to know when to plant your crops and when to, I don't know, stock food and all of that type of stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So, China does use the Gregorian... I keep saying that it's either Gregorian or Gregorian, but either way calendar for official purposes like the school year. But they also subscribe to the lunar solar calendar, which tracks both the moon's orbit and the Earth's orbit around the sun. And that is for their more traditional customs. So that is why the Chinese New Year celebration can start in late January or early February, even though the official calendar starts on January 1 because they're doing the lunar. Calendar. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if okay. you've ever wondered why. Let's go way, 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 way back to um, a little man named Julius Caesar. Have you heard of him? I have not, but I try not to learn about men. Oh, well. just kidding. <laughs> Honestly, what a great approach. No, I'm just kidding. We love men most of the time, sometimes. <laughs> so Julius Caesar created what he called the Year of Confusion. So he oh. decided... That the year 46 BC was going to be 445 days long instead of 365 days long. He then introduced the 365.25 day a year, which is a tiny bit longer than the solar calendar, which added the leap year every fourth year. So, essentially, the year of confusion was just his way of writing some of the... Oh, like resetting? Resetting, yes. Yeah, so that thank he you. could start this calendar. Correct. So but the small difference that 365.25 and 365.2422 made each calendar year was about 11 minutes shorter than the seasonal calendar. So 128 Years later, the calendar was out of whack again because all of those 11 minutes added up. Oh, this is just so funny. <laughs> Isn't it fascinating? So by the 16th century, major dates and holidays had drifted 10 days off course. So in Rome, Pope Gregory the 13th unveiled his own Gregorian calendar in 1582. That year, he dropped 10 days from the month of October to sync things back up. So they just collectively decided we're just not going to do these 10 days in October and we're just essentially going to start again. I love it. I love that they're like, "All right, listen, this one time, we're going to do this. We got to resync and then we'll be back on course." We'll be back on course. So that is what is most commonly used today is the Gregorian or Gregorian calendar. And he also developed a new leap year system that used the solar year of 365.2422 days and added the one leap year every four years. But he dropped three leap days every 400 years to keep calendars from drifting. So there's still some accounting for. It's just not as regular as some of the previously calculated timelines. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So that's a little bit of the history of different calendar sinkings and how we got in line let's talk about some of the fun things that happen on Leap Years, one of which we've already chatted through, which is leap babies. How fun would that be? What do you think a leap baby is called? A froglet. I don't know. (laughs) I know, but that's super adorable. They're called leapers or leaplings. (laughs) Oh, leaplings. That's so cute. Yeah, I didn't know that. That was a fun one for me. There is approximately a one in one... 1461 chance of having a baby on a leap day. I wonder if you're somebody who's being scheduled for an induction or a C-section or something. Or do they schedule on that day or do they try to avoid it like the hospital? I think it would depend on your choice. For some countries and cultures, some cultures see leap day as a bad thing. So I would guess that you probably wouldn't. I want to say I read that like Greece won't celebrate weddings on leap day. So I would assume, like, if you had a choice, you probably wouldn't choose it. But some people might think that was cool. Yeah. So I also read, and I think I have down here a little bit somewhere, like, some technology systems have a hard time with leap day. I could So see sometimes that. that's maybe not a win. If your baby is born on a leap day, they can join the Honor Society of Leap Year Day Babies a fun, free, and informative organization that both celebrates and educates others on some of the challenges of having a leap day birthday. Oh, okay. They have a whole little society just for the leapers, the leaplings. That's so cute. I love that. Here is exactly what I was talking about. So it was noted, though, that some of the challenges of having a leap day birthday, especially in a time of technology, is that not all technology systems have caught up. So some may experience difficulties with the recognition or being able to select their birthdays. So if you think about maybe when you're setting up an account or something, if it has a drop down calendar, if you're not in a leap year, it may not offer you February 29th. As an option for you to choose. Right. I was just thinking that. Or it will make you, force you to choose February 28th or March 1st because it has to have a way of accounting for it every year. So people were saying that as a leapling, you sometimes don't get to take part in like birthday coupons or birthday, you know, like when Starbucks offers you a free drink on your birthday, you have to declare a different day as your birthday or you only get your free Starbucks every every four four years. years. Mm -hmm. That would suck. So there's also obviously the complexity of like when you're 16, you're only four, right? Because you've only had four birthdays. Right, yeah. But from like a legality from like the school district or like legal drinking age, it gets complex because it appears as if you haven't met certain milestones when in actuality, it's kind of a technicality, right? right? So it's kind of a bummer, I think. I think it's cool. I think it would be a fun thing to kind of – own and have, but I also could see how that could be frustrating to not be able to claim your birthday, but also you have to pick another one in a lot of instances just to have certain things work. Right. That would be frustrating. Also, this makes me think of my daughter, her school celebrates trips around the sun. That's what they call like their birthday celebration. So I'm just thinking with these leaplings, you know, oh, if you're 16, but you're only four. Yeah, no, but you've You've had 16 trips around the sun. And I think that's probably a good way to count it, right? Because that's really why the leap day exists is to account for our our trip around the sun. Yeah. So you should get to count them. But I also think it would be fun, right, to just – there's there's wins and drawbacks. But I like the idea of not selling a birthday as much like as trips around the sun. In which case, I yeah. think if I were a Leapling, I would probably choose March 1st as my birthday, Mostly because March is a delightful month. Um, I'm 100% biased, but also because then you would have actually passed your birthday. So you've you're you've, definitely you've definitely gone around, right? Right. Yeah. So, but I would love to hear someone if you have a leap year birthday, can you tell us what day you pick for your birthday? Because I also like you could just pick like June 4th. I mean, you should probably pick something close to. Yeah, but but like why? Well, because okay, let's say you pick like january 27th like you haven't made your full trip around yet i guess that's true the only thing i could see is like if you were a little kid and you were registering for school but like by the time you're 46 whether you're 46 in nine months or 46 in two months like well it's not really uh, different yeah yeah i think it's more when you're younger it's probably more of a thing right because then if it's like are you a young five or are you like five I mean, I'm just saying, I would love to right. hear if you are a leapling, because I think that word is delightful. I just would like to know how you chose your birthday, if you felt like you had to pick one and what kind of challenges you run into, because my curiosity is piqued. Also, I was going to say, like, maybe you pick the February or the March side of it, depending on what sign you feel like more aligned to. But I feel like the signs go from like middle of the month to middle of the month. So maybe if you pick February 28th or March 1st, maybe it's still the same sign. What a great question, Allie. I wonder what sign a leap year baby is. So it says, if your child's birthday falls on February 29th, they are a Pisces, which is February 19th to March 20th on the zodiac sign. Okay, so if you picked February 28th or March 1st, you'd still be a Pisces. You'd still be a Pisces. But it says, I mean, Google, let's be clear. I'm just reading the first thing that came up on Google. Although leap day babies will have the same traits as other Pisces, there are also less typical traits that many will share. They're likely to have a strong artistic streak. Your child will want to express themselves through virtually any creative means, including visual arts, writing, or music. They have heightened compassion. That's pretty cool. Cool. These children will be able to understand others' struggles with perfect empathy. All right. Well, it sounds like they're great people. Oh, yeah. It lists intuition as another big one. Optimism. Loyalty is another strong leap day baby trait, according to them. Also, balancing sensitivity with a sense of discipline helps make babies born on February 29th excellent parents later. I'm just they saying, understand the struggle. shout out to moms who think for that impromptu Zodiac lesson, Zodiac, astrology. Yeah. Astrology. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks to mom who thinks. Also, I would like to do a shout out to National Geographic Kids for their very informative information on leap year. I love it. They had such a nice article. It was so well written. I'm just saying. Good job. Well written. Well written. Did I say it weird? <laughs> yeah, you said well written. Well written. Sorry, team. Sorry, crew. I didn't know. I put the wrong and fastest on the wrong syllable. <laughs> do you know what that's from? I do, but my brain is going to fail. Uh, Austin Powers. Is it Austin Powers? I thought it was the one with the flight attendant. Or Gwyneth Paltrow a flight attendant? I don't know, though. All right. Well, we'll 125th hour it. We've already gone down rabbit hole of astrology. Okay, let's move along to some Leap Year fun facts to wrap up our exploration of this extra fun day. So, as I mentioned, at the very top of this episode, in Leap Year tradition, what can women do on February 29th that they can't do, air quotes, any other year? You're not listening to my summary of that video. They can propose. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, I... I was listening, but I was trying to think of something trickier, or something. I don't know. Like I was can't overthinking comb it. they their hair to the left on leap year or something. Or something, yeah, something like totally weird and out of left field. Yeah. No. So February 29th has traditionally been a day in which women were allowed to propose to men. Some cultures do consider February 29th an unlucky day. I would argue, just for the sake of clarity, you can propose any day. As a woman, you can do it. But it's a fun little tradition. And they made a whole movie. It is fun. So, yes. What I do think is fun is that over time, if a man rejected a woman's proposal on the 29th, there were fines, quote unquote, to pay. So, if a man declined a proposal, according to Queen Margaret of Scotland, she passed a law in. 1288 That saw that any Scotland man who refused a leap day proposal pay a fine of usually one equivalent to one dollar, so whatever currency. Oh, okay. Sometimes the fine would also be a silk gown for the woman he declined. In Denmark, a man who refuses a proposal during the leap day has to give the woman who asked 12 pairs of gloves, supposedly to hide the shame of not wearing an engagement ring. Oh. <sighs> and in that's hysterical f- and in finland the blow of a refusal has to be softened by enough fabric to make a skirt <laughs> i love this trading of textiles <laughs> i also would like be proposing every leap year to like joe or bill and be like oh you don't want to marry me where's my fabric yeah. where's my silk dress and where are my gloves i need 12 pairs a multi for the seasons thank you be like, oh, I'm sorry, Paul. I can't. I can't. You don't want to Until marry one of them me? says yes, and then they're like, you're like, crap. Can you still buy me 12 gloves? What are you bringing to this marriage? I need to see your credentials. And you see how many gloves you can afford. Yeah. I mean, you'd have four whole years to vet the guy, or you just go up to a stranger because you hope they say no. Get yourself some gloves. Yeah. I think I'd pick some really nice fabric for a skirt, though. That would be my choice, because like, a silk gown seems a little fussy. A skirt. You can make a lot of stuff if they gave you enough fabric to make a skirt. Make a top and a little mini skirt. Make a cape. You could have a whole ensemble in like 16 years. There you go. Just saying. As I mentioned, some cultures consider February 29th unlucky. So in Italy, they say, I should just translate it because I will just butcher this, but essentially the translation is year is doomier. Ooh. Yes. Anino bisto. Fiesto anno funzento. I'm so sorry. Just go with leap year, doom year. That's what people in Italy say. Again, according to Google, like the whole year is just a bad year in theory. Oh, okay. There was a lot of also random things like having raising sheep in a leap year. Like sheep have a nervous time in a leap year. I only pulled a few of them because I there wasn't a really great way to explain why the sheep were nervous. So. Oh. So there are two leap year capitals of the world. The one that's more commonly recognized is Anthony, Texas, but there's also Anthony, New Mexico. Both claim to be the leap year capital and hold lavish multi-day celebrations during the leap year. What's a leap year capital? Just a city that celebrates it? Yeah, apparently they were like, we don't have anything else, we're just going to be the leap year capital. So Anthony, more Texas Anthony, Texas came more came up more often in my research, but some also said there were Two of them, both are Anthony, Anthony Texas and Anthony New Mexico. Interesting. Okay. So in France, they read La Bougie des Sapiens. Sorry, again. I tried that one. I actually tried to listen to it and repeat it. So fingers crossed that went better than the Italian one, which is a satirical French newspaper that only comes out every four years. Oh, how fun. I like that. So it is the least frequently published newspaper in the world, but when it comes out, it sells around 150,000 copies. I want a copy. Yeah, right? How fun. And then I need someone to translate it for me, please. Probably not me, based on how poorly that first part went. Well, you also don't read French, so. I also don't read French. So my last fun fact for you all before we wrap up is that in Germany, birch trees are also given... In Rhineland, Germany. So in the south of Germany, there's an age-old tradition where a love-struck boy leaves a small birch tree decorated in ribbons on the doorstep of his crush on May Day. During a leap year, the girls leave them at the doorstep of the boy instead. I want someone to leave me a decorated birch tree. A birch tree decorated in ribbons. I just couldn't think of anything sweeter. How perfectly adorable is that? And I love birch trees. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. I I apparently have a bonus fun fact. There is also a Leap Day cocktail created by Harry Craddock, a bartender in 1928 at the Savoy in London. It's made of Grand Marnier. Sorry. Grant, do you know it? I can, but now that you said it wrong, my brain is stalling out of me. Well, that's that, which clearly tells you I... Don't know very much about it. Sweet vermouth, gin, and a dash of lemon juice. It's meant to have a bittersweet taste that captures the, and I quote, ethereal nature of this bizarre day perfectly. I love it. So that is officially my last fun fact for leap year, leap day, all of the leaping. Thanks for letting me talk at you. Grand Marnier. Grand Marnier. That feels real. I think that's what it is. (laughs) My brain's trying to sort out, start trying to unglitch. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sorry for making that so hard on you. But thanks for coming in the clutch, Al. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I think that's a good place for us to stop. So that's it for us. Thanks for letting me talk at you. Do it that what you will. If you have any comments, corrections, suggestions, or fun facts, you can email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It is our website, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us there. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24-Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes.